Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 Dollar, dollar. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hernishan, lead Big Ten draft writer at Whole Nine Sports. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Spencer WNS. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my friend, the verified Devin Jackson, another Big Ten writer here at Whole Nine Sports. Evan, how's it going, buddy? Pretty good. I like how everyone has just adopted me as the uh, the verified. That's pretty funny. Uh, the hey, fact you that, know what? So shout out to uh, Dylan Sanders for that one because he, <laughs> he came up with it and now was stuck. But, yep, I'm excited to talk football, of course. Um, but, you know, I know you got a little bit of rant here to start it off with. Oh, it wouldn't be an episode of the Big Shots without Mike's weekly rant. Now, this is a bit of a two-parter, and I'm going to try to get through these quick enough. First, we're going to go with a football rant, all right, because we are a football podcast. I just want to say, Devin... I hate the fact that your teams are so good while my teams are shit, okay? <laughs> your LSU Tigers are ranked second in the country, have possibly the Heisman, you know, um, winner at quarterback in uh, the Heisman frontrunner in Joe Burrow, depending on what's going on with Tua. You have a chance to beat Alabama. You might win a national championship. Oh, and not to mention that the fucking Saints are, you know, what, won five in a row, and Teddy Bridgewater is, you know, what we were hoping he would be coming out of college. Uh, meanwhile, my uh, California Golden Bears have lost three in a row, just lost to the conference doormat in Oregon State. And, oh, the Eagles were so bad, I chose to watch 90 Day Fiance instead of them against the Cowboys on primetime football. So, yeah, that was my weekend. Um, and, I mean, I'm, I don't like to go here, but I'm going to just for this. It is election night when we're recording this in Canada. Monday night was election night. Obviously, as we're recording this, polls are still closing. Uh, I hope that our Canadian listeners did go out and vote. It's your civic duty. One thing I think that we can all, and we all should hope to, to do in the future better, is actually have proper discussions on political topics instead of just name-calling and throwing shit at each other because we have differing opinions. Differing opinions is what makes people people, and if we all thought alike, we'd be robots. Which, don't we want to not be replaced by robots? I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot. But maybe, maybe you shouldn't call someone, um, well, really either end of the spectrum for disagreeing with you because quite frankly that's bullshit and we've kind of as a society a lot of times we resort to name calling when someone has an opinion different than ours and that even happens in the draft community we need to stop that we need to actually be willing to knock down walls and barriers and create discussion and not put up fences and be complete ignorant dickheads i, I, I let, let's talk football because again uh, i think that uh i made my point very clear so, um, speaking of very clear, it was very clear on Friday that Northwestern did not belong on the field with Ohio State. Uh, in our rundown, I just want for a behind the scenes uh, for our listeners, all I have is just wow, Northwestern, because just wow, that was garbage. You know, <laughs> people were talking about would this be a game Ohio State kind of kind of overlooks. They got Wisconsin on the horizon. Uh, you you got a team that's been struggling all season long, and we've kind of seen this story for Ohio State. 
a team is struggling. Uh, they go into a hostile environment, a uh, night game, and they fold under pressure. This Ohio State team is much differently built. Uh, their defense is phenomenal. But uh, enough about Ohio State. I mean, Northwestern's quarterback play is so abysmal. Like, it doesn't matter who's playing at quarterback. Uh, they had, what, Hunter Johnson start off the season. Uh, I think somebody started over him. Uh, no, no, no. Um, TJ Green started. He got hurt. Yeah. Hunter Johnson got thrown in. He was garbage. Um now they had Aiden Smith, who I always call Adam Smith. He was garbage, too. They threw in their fourth quarterback this season, and Andrew Marty's only pass on the season intercepted. Yeah, they uh, they have some serious issues at Northwestern. And honestly, you, you look at it, it's really not all on like their offensive line or their receivers or running backs. The quarterbacks just aren't making the throws. I mean, that's what it's coming down to. You look at the game. It wasn't like Ohio State, like, sacked Northwestern on every single drop back. But you just saw so many misses and short passes and overthrows. It it, it just makes you wonder, what is going? what are they doing in practice? What are, the, like, the quarterbacks doing? Are they completing passes in practice? Because it just feels like when they get in the game – Shit just hits the fan. I mean, I don't even curse like that, but when... <laughs> when I've it, never heard you curse. I, I've never seen it written by you either, so that's how I know. So, like, when when I just watched the quarterback play, it, it's just frustrating because you just don't expect quarterback play to be bad on every single level from whoever starts the game to whoever comes in relief. I mean, I don't think I've seen a good Northwestern performance this season. Nope. At quarterback, like not a single one. No, they've been so they've been so bad this year. You know, I by the time that we're out that this is out, my my power rankings article will be out. But like as I said, like they're one in five now. This team is done. And I I posed a serious question. What do you call like Northwestern's offense? It's been offensive but not in the way that you want. They're not producing offense. It's just offensive to watch. Like, they're just bad. Ohio State didn't even really need... Ohio State could have started the backups and this still would have been a blowout. Cause, I, like, I, think, I think we established that on we, the, we, the last podcast. We did. <laughs> we did. And, and you know, what's funny is that I knew that this was a Friday game. I knew in, like... I, I knew that this was a Friday game, and I still forgot to actually put in my fantasy lineup all of my Ohio State guys. Yeah, didn't me too. matter. It didn't matter. Oh, it mattered for me because I lost oh, it, because I didn't start <laughs> J.K. Dobbins. Ooh, yeah. See, I, I we'll, we'll get more into into my fantasy nightmare uh, a little bit. I won, but it was not a very comfortable win. I'll tell you that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, Northwestern's just so bad. Do we have to mention that Ohio State kicked the crap out of another team? Because this has just kind of been what it is. Like, they just they just curb stomp everyone they're going into. Uh, we'll see if that changes next week. We will talk about that a little bit later. But what do you, what do you say we move on from, from that ugly game to talk about one that neither of us saw coming? We said, uh, well, sorry, Illinois, you struggled to move the ball against Michigan. And Michigan got curb stomped by Wisconsin. Question: Paul Christ, 
why are you throwing the ball with two minutes left, up two points, with the nation's best running back? What the fuck? Why did you have to do this to Wisconsin? Actual excerpt from my article that is available on Whole9Sports.com. I'm going to read this to you. The offensive play calling was dreadful, as evidenced by the last drive they had. You have the nation's best running back and a two-point lead late in the game, and you only give him the ball once on that drive? Why would you throw that ball in that situation? Why did, why did you feel the need to destroy all the excitement for the Ohio State game? Why, Wisconsin? Why? Why? Just, just answer me. Devin, 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 I'm, I'm actually being serious. Why? Why did they do this to us? We were almost about to get a game to get excited about, and they killed it. Honestly, I see. I saw this coming for a couple weeks because I thought Michigan State was going to do exactly what Illinois did, but they didn't, obviously. <laughs> uh, but they I, did could not. See, I could see a formula brewing. You make Wisconsin throw the ball, and you have a chance because Jonathan Taylor, he still had a really big day. But you go through the game, he really didn't break off too many big runs. He had maybe like a 15-yard carry in the first half. But for the most part, they kept him pretty much in check. I mean, he didn't, like I said, he didn't break off a super long run. And then you, they for, Illinois forced third downs where they had to throw, like Wisconsin had to throw the football. And then especially in the red zone, you know the run is coming. And they were able to stop. Wisconsin in the red zone and there were time there were some head scratcher moments though because there was times Wisconsin would put in Groshek uh their backup running back in a in on the goal line like you don't have a Heisman front runner on the sideline and I just felt like there were not enough times where when the game was on the line and when they had chances to score touchdowns that they put the ball in Jonathan Taylor's hands uh, I don't care if they see it coming or not, he has to touch the ball at least twice in the red zone. I don't care if it's first and second down, first and third, second and third. He should get as many touches as possible. And Wisconsin tried to get too cute. And they kept running that same play action fake, hitting the um, hitting uh, Jake Ferguson on the corner route. That was open like the, almost the entire game. Uh, they tried to go there late in the game and, the corner jumped it because they kept throwing it. I mean, you can't make it so simplistic. And then with Jonathan Taylor, they kept running him straight up the gut, straight up the gut, straight up the gut, instead of trying to off tackle, uh, maybe a toss. I mean, he can get out on the edge and just felt like they started getting so predictable with their play calling that Illinois, as bad as they've been against the run, were able to pick up on it and, you know, kind of bottle up Jonathan Taylor there in the second half. So it, it really didn't make sense why Wisconsin lost, but eventually I felt like it was going to happen. And it, whether it was going to happen against Ohio State or later in the season, it was going to eventually happen because they don't have enough <laughs> – they don't they don't have uh, enough threats to make somebody defend the entire field. Uh, they, got a fre- they got freshman quarterback in uh, Jack Cohn, and honestly, he really hasn't paid bl- paid played bad this season. But come on, man! Uh, they, everybody has tape on you. They know what's coming. They're going to load up the box. Please do something different with the play calling. I mean, <laughs> good good God! Like stop with the the 
you know, the, the simple play action, uh, deep shot play action, crossing routes, like, come on, let's get a little bit more creative here. Cause teams have pretty much everything you've done up to this point. And you can't, I understand there's an element of football where you line up and you just got to go mano y mano, man on man. You just got to win your battles. But there comes a point in time where you're going to play a team that knows it's coming and they see it coming. And you can't expect to do the same things that you did in weeks previous. Obviously, you're going to have your base zone and uh, lead plays and stuff like that. But you have to mix it up a little bit. I mean, maybe even put both running backs on the field, bring in Jonathan Taylor in fly sweet motion. Do stuff like that. I, I believe that's how Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon started off as a receiver when he got to Wisconsin. Yeah. That's kind. That's kind of how he kind of came on the scene. But that's a different story for a different day. Anyway, Wisconsin definitely blew the game. Uh, Illinois didn't really play great offensively. They were able to run the ball, and they were like the first team to actually run the ball in Wisconsin this season. Uh, but I was really impressed with their defense. I mean, I I've been, you know. Shitting on Lovey Smith's defense the last white guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yo, uh, Devin, you, I'm getting really bad echoing whenever I try to talk. I think it's gone now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but good. but Lovey Smith's defense, they they stepped up. They came up to the bill. Uh, Dale Dale Harding. Uh, I, I believe I'm saying that right. Maybe Dale. Uh, whatever. Dale Harding, uh, the linebacker for Illinois. He had like 16 tackles. In that game, he was just all over the place, uh, and he, he really uh, impressed me. Someone that caught my eye—he's a senior linebacker, and he's been eating all season. He has 82 tackles on the season, which is insane. I mean, we wow. we've been giving a lot of attention to Bocce and uh, Kalik Hudson and some of those other guys. Uh, even Malik Harrison at Ohio State—he's had a pretty good season too. Uh, but Harding is really held it down. I mean, I think that this is his fourth or fifth game with double-digit tackles. Uh, so he, he's a tackling machine. But, yeah, I'm I'm just very disappointed in Wisconsin. And as much as I saw it coming, I, you just can't lose to Illinois of all teams uh, um, on the road a week before you play Ohio State. I mean, it's frustrating. So – uh, 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 there goes a fucking echo again. <laughs> All right. So, funny enough, going into Saturday, uh, there's a website that I I follow quite a bit uh, that, that has actually helped me kind of put together that national hot seat rankings that I've been doing throughout the season. Going into Saturday, Lovey Smith was hot seat number one. He is not anymore. He definitely saved his job for at least. He definitely season. did, and I was uh, that was going to be my next question because two things that are huge takeaways from this. One, that is the first time Illinois has beaten a ranked opponent since Juice Williams and Rashard Mendenhall were on the team in two thousand and seven. I'm not gonna lie, I was I was a huge fan of that team. <laughs> I was as well. I, I, I was, was as well. I'm a huge Juice Williams fan. Uh, him, I love Juice Williams. I love Pat White. Um, and I think Pat the, the White, originators of that style of quarterback. But I, the other thing is, the other thing is not to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead. The other part of that is this is the second year in a row where Wisconsin has lost as a top ten ranked team to a team with a losing record. 
It was Purdue last season, right? I believe so. Well, I guess they're taking over uh, Ohio State's role as uh, losing to a team they shouldn't lose to. But yeah, I mean, when when you're one dimensional, I mean, that's what happens. But let's go ahead and move on because yeah, they, they make they make me sick. <laughs> Jesus, how do you really feel? Speaking of make me sick, Minnesota and Rutgers. <sighs> Yeah. All right, we're going to breeze through this one really quickly. Uh, 42-7 to for Minnesota. Uh, somehow, this was a game at halftime. It was 14-0 Minnesota at halftime. Largely due to just Tanner Morgan having a horrendous game. Uh, I believe he was sub-50% at halftime, which is never good, especially against Rutgers. I expect better. Um, Antoine Winfield, two interceptions, one brought back for a touchdown. No, not the one that played for the Bengals and the Vikings. And um, Is he still playing? I feel like he might still be playing. No, this is Antoine Winfield Jr. He's a safety. Uh, welcome to the party, Antoine Winfield. Uh, you are now definitely on my draft board. This dude is a beast. I've been saying it that he had like breakout potential. I've been tweeting about it quite a bit, and he finally showed out, albeit against Rutgers. Uh, but the takeaway from this game was the Casey O'Brien uh, for those that don't know, Casey O'Brien was a holder, uh, or sorry, is a holder for the Gophers, uh, four-time cancer survivor, finally got to make his first career hold, uh, for, you know, for the special teams unit. Just a great story. Best thing to happen in that game. Worst thing to happen, good God, the only thing uglier than Rutgers this, this year on the field is the fact that they wore long-sleeved jerseys. Did you see this shit? They did what? Yes. Open up Google and look up Rutgers long sleeve jersey. They did not do this. Oh, they most certainly fucking did. Oh my god! You see them now, eh? Man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, also another thing on Rutgers. Uh, in conference play this year, they've only put up fourteen points. They've given up two hundred and seven. Man, they can't be serious, man. <laughs> you got my man's is broken over trying to see these uh, over trying to get to these fucking jerseys, man. These are ugly. These are do, ugly. Do they just wanna? They wanna have the title for everything, don't they? Worst team, worst uniform. These are terrible. One thing I should clarify. So you know how, like, when we had our first episode, we shat all over the Joe Moorhead to uh, Rutgers thing. <laughs> All right. This is the first time we're ever going to have to walk back a statement on this. The reason, and, and again, this is picking up major steam. The reason is very simple. It is that, well, most people at Mississippi State want Joe Moorhead out because they're three and four. They're very bad. And you know what? Why not take a bounce-back job at Rutgers? It can't get any worse. You literally would have to drop down to the FCS for it to be worse. This is... I, I mean, I thought Joe Moorhead was doing better. I don't want to spend too much time on Joe Moorhead specifically, but, like, I apologize. I thought that, that, that Joe Moorhead was a better coach than that, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah, I actually have uh, some friends within, like, the, like in the journalism industry that went to Mississippi State, and uh, they're calling for his job. <laughs> they want to Dude, hot seat, 
CoachesHotSeat.com has him number one. He's ahead of Jeremy Pruitt. He's ahead of Willie Taggart. He's ahead of Lovey Smith. He's ahead of Chip fucking Kelly. Honestly, I don't see Jeremy Pruitt uh, personally getting fired. I just don't see it, uh, regardless of their terrible losses this season. He's ahead uh, of Chad Morris at Arkansas, who hasn't won a conference game in two years. I, I don't know how that's possible. I Honestly, I think that's a little bit of uh, overreaction. I really don't think they're going to move from Pruitt. Um, oh, no, I mean I mean Joe Moorhead's ahead of Chad Morris. Oh, got you, got you. That, yeah. That's yeah, Pruitt's fourth. More, that's yeah, Pruitt, Pruitt's ahead of uh, – yeah, uh, the only people ahead of Pruitt are Taggart, Morris, and Moorhead. Sheesh. Oh, I'm going to have fun in the offseason doing all of these articles and and whatnot on the on the coaching carousel in college football. One guy that I think definitely could be on the hot seat, but I think he'll just probably leave for a bigger job, is uh, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, but, but I just failed to mention that earlier. Um, uh, oh, one yeah. last note about Fitzgerald. He, he, is just, <laughs> he is just so nonchalant, man. Like, I watch it. I watch his, Your team like, is one in five. Show some fucking fight. Like, like he, there was like a, literally a moment when nobody wanted to ask him any more questions. And he was like, you guys don't have nothing else? And then somebody like asked him about like why his young team isn't responding to him because they're literally like the offense is like just don't know you just I don't know what I'm watching and like he was trying to like deflect it but he even said it like himself that the freshmen like the young players aren't listening to who he's talking about so it might be time they just need a change in Northwestern because I think so I, too I think he I think he's uh. His his luck has run out. Uh, I, I, I know so. I know you made the Big Ten championship last season, but I think it's time. Man. What one thing I don't think they'll necessarily fire him because it is his alma mater. I think that if another big like if another Power Five job that's maybe seen as a step up from Northwestern becomes available, he gone. Yeah, he gone. Like if I like if Matt Campbell leaves Iowa State, I could see Pat Fitzgerald sliding over to Iowa State. Yeah, he, I think he's ready to get out the Big Ten. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, let's 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 move. I don't know how we got there, but let's move past Rutgers because we don't want to talk about them for at least another half an hour or so. Um, Purdue and Iowa. This was kind of a boring game, if I'm being entirely honest. David Bell had a great game, and that was about the only thing that, uh, that I came away with other than the fact that when Rondale Moore comes back, that should be a very exciting tandem to watch. Iowa still uninspiring, dull, and boring. 26-20 Iowa the final, by the way. I don't really know what's worse, watching Iowa's offense or watching Rutgers play in general. <laughs> <laughs> like, Iowa's offense is just like molasses, man. It's, it's like, so boring to watch. They're, it's so, like, they're such a boring team. They're not interesting. They're not fun. They don't do anything. Kirk Ferentz still runs that offense the same way it would have been run in 1998. It's like... It's boring. They're like the Spurs of college football. Like, I mean, they're like super fundamental. The quarterback three-step drop, hitches, outs, uh, the occasional hole, hole shot in between the no, corner you're, and safety. You're, you're absolutely right because, like, the, you know what? The Spurs is a great analogy because the NBA is going to fast-paced, high-tempo, shoot a lot of threes, right? The yeah, that's how offense is in college football. Yeah, offense. You know, throw the ball 50 times a game, spread it out wide, uh, you know, passing on first and second down, not just waiting till third down. 
Iowa running it on third and 17 is like as surprising as when I found out that DeMar DeRozan attempted 70 three pointers. <laughs> like, like I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, you know what? It makes sense because they are still stuck in the nineties. Like, I, I just feel like that's it's going to continue to haunt them because they they have like absolutely no aspects of a spread offense. Like None. it's so old school and like even the teams that traditionally would like ground and pound. I mean, Wisconsin has picked up some aspects of the spread and you see their success. Uh, Michigan was pretty much pro style offense to the core. Until, like, recently, like in the last year or so, really. So, just the fact that they... They're just... They're, just, they, they're boring. They're they boring. Were, they're, they're even boring to talk about. Like... And they refu- refuse to, like, change. But uh, I'm, also, I'm also going to something. I, I'm a little disappointed with Epineza this year. Um, oh, yeah. I, and, I, and I think, like, he's still a really good player, but it just fe- it just feels like... He's not playing. You know if what? That makes I think, sense. I think the thing with I think the thing with Epineza is when you looked at last year, like Chauncey Golston and Anthony Nelson were the starters on the edge, and Epineza was the backup. And Epineza could just come in on pass rushing downs because Anthony Nelson was not a very good pass rusher, and he could just collect sacks due to his freaks, you know, due to his size and his strength. Now he's in there eighty percent of the snaps. And he doesn't. He's not able to wear like feast off of worn down offensive linemen because he's just not really doing it himself. Like he's got the tools, but it's yeah. I, and I don't really know if it's like him trying to conserve his energy to still be able to rush the passer effectively on third down or not, or he's just trying to figure out. The offense, I guess. I, I don't really know how to explain it, but it just feels like he just hasn't he, been good. He just, yeah. he just has not been good. Like yeah, he'll still like based off his traits and his potential, he's still going to go high in, in in April. But like, I'm just, I don't know, man. I like, just, I I, like honestly, I I would pick Golston over him only because I see the production every single game from Golston. Like he he had another. Uh, that's tackle and a half, tackle and a half for loss um, on Saturday. And he just continues to make plays, and it just seemed like Epineza is like. You see him after like a uh, play happened. He's not like in the pile, and that I don't know. That just so that's so weird to me because like with all the hype around him, you know, and I heard everybody said he's edge one, edge one, edge one, and then this season he's just like I don't know. It just hasn't been what I was expecting out of him. Uh, but going to back to your first point about David Bell, Rondell Moore, I think they could be the most dangerous duo in college football. I mean, the fact that they've had now back-to-back seasons with a receiver come on the scene, and they're ve- they're two very different players too because David Bell is all about separation and uh, running Chris routes and Rondo more runs Chris routes too, but he has definitely has the uh, more explosive open field speed and stuff. But David Bell has really been making a name for himself. I mean, he, you might see him on the all conference team. Uh, he the first like, team. He's, he's, he's done well. Um, uh, now again, 
I've mentioned this before. We're recording this on Monday night. Uh, I'm just interrupting you for one second, Devin, because Sam Darnold's quarterback rating is 6.7. Oh, my God. Yeah. You must have, you must have watched a lot of Northwestern film. Oh, Northwestern Rutgers. Dude, I just uh, watched I watched him overthrow a receiver by 15 yards just now. Oh, he'd fit in perfectly at Rutgers right about now. Uh, but yeah, like Purdue and Iowa, it was exactly what I expected Purdue and Iowa to be. It was kind of it, it. It was a game. It took place. David Bell is exciting. Nothing else about that game was exciting. Yeah, honestly, Purdue could have won this game. They could have. I said last week they could have. But they turned the ball over twice. I mean, that's just going to kill you because, you know, Iowa obviously is going to cash in turnovers. But Provided they don't turn it over themselves. Oh, wait, no, that but, was only against Michigan where they just decided to just keep giving the ball back. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That, yeah. ga- that game is still fried in my head. Yeah, last, um, point, last point about Purdue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to say uh, this has been a really good coaching job by Jeff Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's going to get some attention. He may leave oh, by I the end of the season because his coaching job, he deserves a much better talent. I mean, and, can you imagine him at UCLA, USC, oh, Florida be, State, Arkansas? Be, they'll be so much better. I want to see Jeff Brom go to Arkansas or Mississippi State now. Like, I want to see him there. Like, I, I like Jeff Brom. I like uh, – anyways, moving on. Indiana and Maryland. Now, I caught the tail end of this game because uh, I, I, I found a, 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 a streaming service uh, that allowed me to watch the last little bit of it on my computer. Um, Maryland had two chances to put this game away and win. They fumbled. Indiana kicked a field goal to make it a six-point game. They had two minutes left. Maryland had another chance to win the game, and they threw an interception in the most Maryland of fashions. Now, again, Maryland being jobbed out to teams that are actually good is no surprise if you've listened to us or read any of our content. We have been very skeptical on Maryland since really the beginning. But, oh, they had two chances. And, like, Indiana is a bizarre 5-2 and two because, like, I'm still not sure whether they're, like, good, good, or whether they're just feasting on weaker competition. We'll find out for sure, because, like, Michael Penix Jr., I mentioned it, my fantasy nightmare, I started Michael Penix Jr., he got hurt, he may miss time, looks like he re-aggravated that injury, but that's okay, because Stevie Scott III is that guy. That running back, he may be RB1 for 2021. I'm putting that out there now. I love Stevie Scott the third. I like this Indiana team, man. They're you're never in for a boring game with Indiana. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. I was trying to look up and see what Michael Penix's injury is. I think uh, they said it was his collarbone. It says a game time decision against Nebraska this week. Um, we'll have to see, man. We'll have to see. I mean, the one takeaway I saw from this, because again. I completely forgot to change my Indiana guys out because they faced Rutgers last week from my, you know, Ohio State guys. So I saw Watt Fillier get nothing. Yeah, he, he the, had... like entire game, two catches for six yards. Nick Westbrook had like seven catches for sixty and a touchdown. And I really think it's really the style of quarterback play. Uh, and I yeah. know it's going to sound weird, but I think. 
Peyton There's Ramsey. a familiarity yeah. with, the, with, with, yeah. with Ramsey and, and Westbrook. Yeah, uh, Ramsey has his favorites. Penix has his favorites. Penix's favorite is obviously Mark Fielder. Uh, and I think Ramsey, like you said, he, he has a uh, kind of pretty good relationship with Nick Westbrook from what I, what I understand. And it just seemed, I seem, I, I think that's why we we're so high, high on Nick Westbrook coming into the season because of his kind of chemistry with Peyton Ramsey last season. Um, yeah. It, it's definitely a different dynamic with Peyton Ramsey. He can still get the job done. But like I was saying before, the offense runs so much more effectively under Indiana because there's still that threat of Penix running, even though he's not really a running quarterback, but there's still an element of hit the RPO where he can still keep it, uh, which is a lot. He was their leading rusher for at halftime. Like yeah. he was still their leading and he, he got injured in the early second quarter. Yeah. Stevie Scott did not have a great start to this game. And then he just went off. Yeah. Stevie Scott's really picked up his game. Uh, this kind of second wave of the season, you know, first couple of games, he wasn't really doing much. And I really think after that Ohio State game, uh, they made more of a concerted effort to get him the ball uh, and get him into space and, and let him make some plays as well. So I think he, he's going to be the key, especially if Penix can't go this week uh, against Nebraska. And, I mean, that's something we're going to talk about later. We'll see if Adrian Martinez is able to go for Nebraska. But I think if Martinez uh, doesn't play, I mean, you could probably get away with uh, sitting Penix, but we'll sure. get to that later. Go ahead, go ahead. You, you got one more point? Oh, I was going to – are you going to talk about the next point, Maryland, now? Just the, – the, they, they've lost four out of five. And I don't even count the win because it was against Rutgers. So, like, what what do you even do? Like, you're not going to fire Loxley after one year because that would be ridiculous. And I really but don't think – I don't think he's the problem, really. He's not. This, this is just – they're not a good team. They're just they're I, not I a think good team. He has like the leftover residue. I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful here. He's got DJ Durkin stank still on yeah. him. Like, yeah, like he still has that staff that like the staff's recruits. And Loxley can recruit mm-hmm. like no other. I mean, you saw what he did at Alabama. He, he's a great recruiter. Um, so I think in a couple years, they're going to really finally become somewhat relevant. I just but, hope that he gets that chance. Like, yeah, I, I just feel like this is alma mater, right? Uh, I believe so. Uh, I think this. Is, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think this is alma mater, and, and you know how teams are kind of are kind of with their coaches. That no, he went to Towson. Okay, so uh, but he was. I, I believe gonna, he was at. <laughs> I think he was at Maryland at one point before. Yeah, I think he coached. He was. Before. He he was an interim coach back in in fifteen. Yeah. Uh. So we're gonna take out that part. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to give him a little bit of a chance. Because, honestly, in the Big Ten... Oh, man, he's like, got a coaching record of 6-35. and 35. Ooh. Oh, man. Yikes. Well, granted, he's at New Mexico before, so, like... Sheesh. He, he's, been putting, he's been putting some tough spots. I mean... <laughs> New Mexico, Maryland, and then Maryland again. Good Lord. Ooh. Oh, man. That's rough. Oh, yeah, oh. we, can, we can go ahead and move on from Maryland. We, we just gonna, we gonna move on from that six and thirty-five. Jeez, jeez. All right, so we 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 we've talked enough. Oh, hang on, no, we still have one more game to, to preview or to review. Sorry, it's eleven p.m. when we're recording this. Deal with it. Um, Devin, you were at this game. 
I'm just gonna let you talk. Listen, man. I said I said this in the article I wrote before the season, before I even experienced the whiteout. And I said if that if there's a reason you would cheer for Penn State, uh, kind of regardless of like the allegations and stuff like that in the past, uh, I know a lot of people still are gonna bring that up regardless of who's the coach and who's on the staff or whatever, because that, that's just the people's default thing that like you know troll. Gotta be outraged at something. Yeah. Gotta be outraged about something. Yeah, to to troll Penn State, but uh, anyway. Um, it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it, it it really lived up to the billing, and honestly, it, it's probably top three best ep- atmospheres. Even though I really haven't been to many college football games, I would vote it as top three uh, atmospheres uh, ever because the stadium was full with literally everybody wore white. I mean, you have you have stadiums that try attempt to do like blackouts or whiteouts or whatever. They committed uh, to it, man. That this is like a full stadium commitment, and and you could see Michigan fans. They wore like yellow, but it was like ninety eight percent white, and the scene was absolutely incredible. I, I've never seen anything like that. Where it, I mean, it, it literally feels intimidating walking out on the field, knowing you had to play against that, and it showed in the first half that Michigan couldn't handle it because. Michigan's it's, offense still awful. It it was absolutely crazy. Uh, I, honestly, after the the third the second KJ Hamler uh, touchdown in the first half, uh, the stadium well the first one I, first one I should say because he he scored a was one. Was that the was that the deep one or was that the short one? The uh, twenty yard or like the sixty yeah, yard? The, the short one. Year. Yeah, the stadium was uh, that's the loudest I've ever heard a stadium. Uh, second loudest. And you're uh, from New Orleans, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was like the second loudest, and I, I mean, I was amazed. Like, literally, I was in a press box, and the press box was shaking after that touchdown. That's how like crazy they were. Um, I was yeah, so jealous yeah. of you watching this, man. I was so jealous of you. It's like I don't know if you ever get chills watching a game, but like when you kind of like get like in the environment, it's like ridiculous. Like you had to. You oh yeah. Like, like I saw everybody in the press box, they literally took a moment to like just look at it because it's crazy. Uh, but let's let's get into the game now. Uh, yeah, Michigan's offense, man. I, and you know what? I, I said this in my article, my rev, uh, review article. This game was really not on Shea Patterson as much as we pre shit on him. I mean, we. We, we, you're just you're just full of cussing tonight, and I love it. Like, yeah, like as much as we talk down on him, much as we uh, talk about his plays, inconsistencies, whatnot, and there was still some in that game. His receivers did not help him. Donovan Peoples Jones dropped two early passes. One of them could have been like a 15, 20 yard gainer to really give them some momentum early in the game. He dropped that one. Uh, he dropped a screenplay that looked like it was going to break for at least 10, 15 yards. And Penn State struggled all night stopping the, the quick screen. Uh, that That's something that teams are going to attack going down the line. Um, and then Ronnie Bell. Oh, man. I love Ronnie Bell. I think he's going to be a great prospect. But <sighs> you got to catch that pass uh, down seven, fourth and goal. You got to catch that one. 
Uh, that was actually the loudest I've heard a crowd after you dropped that one. That, that that's was nuts one. because at, at halftime, I thought this game was over. I uh, thought yeah. this game was over because, yeah, well, well, I mean, Michigan's offense is just so bland. and un- They're almost like Iowa because I don't know how many times I've seen them run a QB draw with Shea Patterson. I feel like there should be a drinking game like with it. It's just it's ridiculous. Every time I see Shea Patterson drop back, it's either an overthrow screen pass or it's a it's a QB draw. Like that that's all that that's all they do. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy and Shea Patterson like steps up in the pocket and he like takes off running before like there's even anybody around him. And it's it's kind of alarming. It, it kind of reminds me of Baker Mayfield a little bit in a pocket, um, because like he he he'll bail on the pocket before he even needs to. Like there is no immediate threat yet. Like just stand in the pocket, hold on, um, and just deliver the football. And somebody gave me somebody said that uh, Mitchell Trubisky is the Shea Harrison of the NFL. Uh, I prefer Blake Bortles North. <laughs> True, uh, but anyway, back to, back to the game. Yeah, it just it just kills me because Penn State could have blown out Michigan forty two zero, and we wouldn't even be. We would say uh, this is John, Jim Harbaugh has to go. Uh, I mean, and, and to a certain degree, he probably still has to, but still, uh, his job would have been his job probably should have been on the line. But once again. Uh, I don't know what it is with Penn State. Uh, they have these big leads. They build these big leads, and this has been this has been going on for a couple of years now. Um, they build these big leads, and then they get really conservative in the third quarter. And I don't know what it is, whether it's like philosophy wise or what they're doing offensively that they did. There, I don't know what they do in the halftime or try to make adjustments or something, I just feel like sometimes they overthink it because it feels like they should close the door on a lot of these football games. But yeah, Penn State, uh, they they somehow just get really conservative in the second half. I, I really don't know how to explain it, but they they just, I don't know, they just forget to how, what got them to that lead. I don't know if they forget to continue running the football or continue being aggressive. I, it feels like sometimes they're playing it safe to not, I guess, make a turnover and let the team back in it. But at the end of the day, I'd rather run the risk of that than slowly methodically allowing a team get to get back in the game. I mean, and that's what happened with Michigan. They were allowed to get back in the game because Penn State couldn't close the deal. So, I think I mean, that's I think that's good. I think that's gonna hurt Penn State. I mean, even last season against Ohio State, they had Ohio State on the ropes. Uh, they had them up by twelve. They were up by like twelve with like six minutes to go, and they just collapsed. Uh, they collapsed last year against Michigan State, uh, Ohio State, uh, and, and it seems like every season they're doing that. But finally, this season they're kind of putting it to bed after making the game a little bit more difficult. But they. Are putting teams to rest, but we'll see how that hap- what happens going forward as they travel to Michigan State and Minnesota and then Ohio State uh, in a, in about a month. So, I mean, I wrote when in my article that uh, 
This game came in three phases. It was the uh, Penn State ass whooping in the first half. Then Penn State falls asleep for a bit, like they tend to do, like you were talking about. And then we saw Michigan kind of put it together, and we actually had a really nice, fun, exciting finish. But I do have one more question about this game, and then we can move on to the previews. You and I both love Micah Parsons. I, I don't think that that's a shock to anyone. My question is, Micah Parsons, who is a true sophomore, so he's not eligible for the draft, but if he were, he would be linebacker what in this class? I would say at least top five. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, I definitely think top five. I'm not sure I would put him at like one or two. Uh, only because I think some of those other guys have a little bit more tape on them. and I thought about it. I, I would have him at linebacker three. I would have him behind uh, Dylan Moses and Isaiah Simmons, and that's it. Yeah, his, his potential was ridiculous. Uh, you saw him early, early in the game. I mean, the guy chased down Shea Patterson like he like he was the offensive lineman. <laughs> like he, he, his closing speed is ridiculous. Uh, and uh, a guy that big shouldn't be moving that fast, uh, taking folks out. And with, it is so crazy to watch him from last year to this year because last year he was just a freshman. Uh, they threw him in there, just go make plays. Uh, don't don't necessarily worry about, um, you know, the responsibility of handling defense. Just go make plays uh, and just make the defense better. This year he's a lot more cerebral. Uh, you can tell he's in the film room a lot, uh, diagnosing plays. He could tell when the Shea Patterson run was coming. Uh, I mean, it, he he looks he, – he still looked as good as he had it did last season, his freshman year, but he, he's starting to refine his game. And, you know, for a linebacker at Penn State, I mean, at, at one time we were considering, considering Penn, State, Penn State as linebacker university. Um He's trying to bring that back. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just so fun to watch. Uh, but, I mean, we, we've been going for a bit, so why don't we talk about the previews for this week. This is a long week. There are eight games to talk about. Every single team is in play. I think this is the first time all season this has happened. I think so. I think so. There are two, two out-of-conference games, which is why eight games instead of seven. Well, to, uh, well, this is the first time we've done it on the podcast where all teams have played, at least. Yes. Um, oh, boy. Let's, uh, let's get through these. All right, so again, we're going to quickly hit one or two points and then predict these games. Otherwise, we're going to be here all night. So the, the, the question I pose to you, Devin, is if Wisconsin loses this game, how fucked are they in contending for the Big Ten Conference Championship game? I think this will be a huge blow. Uh, and because of the loss to Illinois... Uh, you lose another conference game that puts you two in a hole. Uh, Minnesota, I, I think though at least they handle Illinois pretty soundly, I, and the fact that <laughs> Wisconsin lost to them, I mean, it, it really doesn't give you too much hope for Wisconsin kind of going forward. I mean, it seems like the blueprint to beat them has been well documented. Uh, you, you bottle of Jonathan Taylor, uh, their offense really isn't great. I mean, it's not like something that should be surprising, but man, that, the the to watch them kind of struggle the way they did uh, to close out that game against Illinois is not encouraging. So I think this this game could be a huge blow if they lose 
could be a huge blow to their playoff potential or the big conference, the, excuse me, the conference championship potential. For sure, for sure. Uh, so we're going to pick this game. I think we both kind of know where we're going. Uh, but I'm going to pick Ohio State in this one. Uh, I think Wisconsin is going to be the person that's going to be able to slow down that offense. And I can be able to stop that offense, though. I think Ohio State wins this one 38 to 20. Uh, I'm picking 45 to 17. Damn. I just, Wisconsin, they've still only given up like 50 points on the Sun, I think, or something really low like that. 53. So, I don't know. All right, next one, this, this game. This game's going to bore the shit out of me and I have to watch this one. Iowa versus Northwestern. Uh, which offense is fun to watch? Northwestern. It's close, though, isn't it? It was pretty close because you got Iowa with the methodical approach, and then you got Northwestern just with the supreme, approach. supremely hit or miss. <laughs> so either you're going to get a 20-yard pass gain or you're going to get a pick six. Pick your choice. Yep. Yep. Um, I have nothing else on this. So why don't we just um, Iowa twenty four Northwestern? Fuck it. The Northwestern's getting shut out. <laughs> just fuck it. They're just they're so bad on offense that they're painful to watch. They're gonna be one in six. This team is this team is just ugly to watch in every facet. I hate this team. I hate trying to pretend like I have to care about this team. The only reason they're not dead last at the conference of my weekly rankings is because Rutgers exists. This is fuck this team right now. Just, just, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Man, Pat Fitzgerald has been head coach at Northwestern for now 13 years. Which is shocking when you hear that, but like, this has to be one of his worst seasons as a head coach. I'm looking this up. I actually want to see it now. His worst season was four and eight. He's they definitely... won't hit three. They're bad. God. Man, it's just this just sucks. The team sucks to watch. I got Iowa being Northwestern 17 to 10. I think it'll be a slugfest, obviously. Both teams' offensive struggle throughout the season, so... I expect it to be one of those low-scoring, a lot of punts in this game. Just a, a, a fucking <laughs> watching paint, paint dry. I love, how, I love how this game has just broken your spirit. This week has broken Devin's spirit. I have worked with Devin since May. I have talked with Devin more often than I've talked to my best friends, more often than I've spoken to some family members, I have never seen Devin cuss in type, and I've now heard him cuss five times on this podcast. This week has broken Devin. Ah, man, I just can't, I can't stand <laughs> awful football, man. And We get nothing but it this season, man. I, I just, I've never seen a conference collectively like, put out <laughs> shit games every single week. Like every week, it's like there's just like at least two. There's at least two games where you just like, oh god, I can't believe they did this. And and the t- the games turn the, the games turn exactly how you expect them to. Like Northwestern Nebraska, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking crying. Yeah, yo, does Northwestern and Rutgers play? That's gonna be. I that's, don't think God that, not. 
That's gonna be God the worst. They don't. <laughs> that's gonna be the worst game in college football history. <laughs> Yo, I got. I'm, I'm now curious. I got to make sure that this, that this does not happen for our own sanity. Wait, wait a minute. Don't don't we have that horrendous week coming up next week? Yeah, that's next week. Oh my god. That is next week. No, we have been spared from Northwestern versus Rutgers, but we do have to have Northwestern versus UMass. <laughs> the team that Rutgers beat. Well, at least uh Northwestern's gonna have two wins on the season. Holy shit. Oh, we still we still had to put pick the Rutgers game. Oh god. All right, so I th- moving on from that, let's go to a game that actually could be fun. Illinois and Purdue. Both of these teams are, I believe they're both 3-4 and four right now. I know, I know Indi- uh, sorry, Illinois is 3-4, and four, but I don't know about Purdue. What's Purdue at? They are 2-5. and five. Shit. Never mind. I thought Purdue was better than that. What the fuck? Anyways... They're, they're, they're just fun, bad teams. They're, they're enjoyable to watch. They're, they, you can actually enjoy yourself. Um, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this game, but, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's... If Rundale Moore plays, this should be a fun game. I mean, I'm kind of excited to see the matchup uh, between Reggie Corbin versus Rondo Moore and or uh, David Bell. Yeah, other think, than that, this game's going to be kind of shit, isn't it? Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, hope, I hope it's like one of those high-scoring <laughs> slugfest games where every every possession is somebody scoring. Like, I, I need to see a game like that because, man, as you saw, the, the, games, the games last week, man, they, that, was some, that was some shit, man. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was terrible. But... We can, we can go ahead and pick this game. Uh, I like I like Purdue in this game. Uh, I think Illinois, they're going to have a little bit of a hangover from beating Wisconsin. Uh, I got Purdue in this one, 38 to 35. I'm going to go the exact same score, different result. I'm going to go Illinois takes this one. Um, I just, I don't know. Purdue, Purdue can't stop anyone, and Illinois has a slightly – more, I mean, both of these teams suck. We can, we can admit that. Like, Purdue would have, be having a much better season had not everyone on their roster gotten hurt. But I think Illinois is just the healthier team, and in a matchup like this, I just think that Illinois can, can eke out a win. A game, I'm going to be totally honest with you, Devin, I do not give a flying fuck about this game. It's, li- <laughs> <laughs> it's Liberty and Rutgers. I will not. Wa- I have not watched the Rutgers game this season, and I will- there is no way in hell I'm watching this game. You gotta so, be kidding me. So, um, at least in like the rest of the games, like Illinois and Purdue, two two points on the rundown. Penn State, Michigan State, which we're gonna talk about after this. There's three points. I just have moving on from Li- Liberty and Rutgers because I don't. I don't want to talk about. I don't. I know nothing about Liberty. I did not even realize that they were an FBS team. And Rutgers is Rutgers. Liberty is has a winning record. So, like, I think that just settles it there. I'm going to go Liberty, knowing absolutely nothing about the team. I don't know what... 
I don't know where the fucking school is. I think that, like, East Texas State Southern, you know, tech institution, tech A&M for the blind state of Ohio could beat, like, Rutgers. Fuck, man. Like, this team's so shit. Like I said, th this conference has broken us because we generally don't cuss a lot. It's broken us. Fuck this team. This is. I'm gonna say Liberty wins thirty-five nothing because Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the best podcast we've ever done. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even know who I want to pick to win because, like, <laughs> I literally know nothing about any of these teams. Nothing. I've like, watched Rutgers games. I know that they're fucking terrible. I know they're terrible. I know nothing about Liberty, so it's the unknown that intrigues me. <laughs> I, I honestly think we, we're the reason why Rutgers is still trending on Twitter. <laughs> probably. Probably. I, oh I feel God, like whenever we make a... Wherever we make a Rutgers tweet, it's like it gets like traction because where we always talk about how they have one yard passing in the fucking third quarter. Yeah, like, they went through seven quarters and had a combined two passing yards. How how do you do that? You have to try to suck that hard. Are they taking for Tua? <laughs> Fuck. Jesus. I'm, I was like, at the first quarter they have five yards. I, t I check in Twitter an hour later. You're tweeting that they have one passing yard in the third quarter. What Again. the hell? <laughs> I've fallen off the couch. I can't believe this, man. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, they had an I, offensive explosion and we're st in the fourth quarter and they still couldn't get to 50 fucking passing yards. I will trade Rutgers for Wyoming right now. <laughs> I'll trade him for Wyoming, uh, fucking San Diego I, State. Give, dude, me so, I, give me somebody else to talk about because I, I just can't believe they're in this conference. And they have they have had absolutely no success. They're not even the best college team in the state of New Jersey. They, they, they've had no success. None. Like, I've never seen a team join a conference and, like, has been absolutely no threat to anybody. God, I am actually in tears. I'm picking Liberty. I'm picking Liberty to win 28-7. Let's move on. Let's. All right. Oh, as I try to regain my composure and wipe the tears of laughter from my face. Number six, Penn State at Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State could leave this game as a 500 team. Like, I'm still lost on Michigan State. Are they better than their record shows? Or Why, do, why are we so lost on Michigan teams, man? <laughs> like, it, it feels like both of them don't know what who they are. No, or... they have no idea. Dude, I am lost on trying to identify what half of the conference is. Like... I watched these teams. I watched the full game, like even the Wisconsin game. I couldn't figure out what happened. 
like I was I was watching the game and like what's going on right now? Why why are they playing like this? Like and I feel like I feel that watching Michigan State every week, like they'll blow out Northwestern. Wisconsin struggles with Northwestern. Like there is no parallel from game to game. And that's the kind of the beauty of college football. Like I tweeted out, like anything can happen on any Saturday afternoon or evening because you never know what team is going to show up. The elite teams are going to show up. You're expecting them to show up, and they're not going to have a letdown. Man, these other teams, they come in one week, they'll blow out somebody by 50 and then lose by 25 next week. Like <laughs> These teams make no sense. This conference as a whole makes no sense. It's I, infuriating. I, I don't see – I honestly, I don't see Michigan State getting to 500. Uh and it's really going to come down to Brian Lewerke, and <coughs> we know how the story is written. And every t- every single quarterback that has been questionable has struggled against Penn State. Uh, Stanley struggled. Patterson struggled. Uh, I expect Lewerke to struggle. Um, I don't think Michigan State really is better than their record, to be honest. Uh, I-, I think they're worse than their record. And... I think it's kind of their byproduct product of their schedule and who they they play to start off the season. Um, Arizona State loss. I mean that honestly, that loss actually looks good now since Arizona State is actually pretty good this season. Yeah. Um, uh, but other just, than uh, other, other than that, I mean, they're not conference games. Michigan State really didn't look impressive. Um, and then Northwestern. I mean they. Should like them, but Lewerke to look great in that one. I just don't know, man. Uh, I, I thought I thought Lewerke was gonna turn the corner. Boy, was I fucking wrong. <laughs> I believe that. I think we've broken the swear jar in this one for sure. Um, should we just pick this game? Let's just yeah, pick this game. yeah. All right. Uh, I'm picking Penn State. I think this one's ugly. I think this is like thirty-one to seven. I have no faith in Michigan State. It's kind of like it's kind of like Northwestern, but slightly better, where their defense is really good, but their offense, um, well, their <clears throat> their offense makes Eli Manning look like Patrick Mahomes. Like their offense fucking sucks, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got Penn State to win this one, um, twenty-eight to ten. Yeah, all right. Next up, we have Maryland visiting number 17, Minnesota, which is a sentence I never would have thought I'd say well, in September. Well, our prayers have been answered. We've been calling for this for, for about three weeks to get them ranked ahead of they- fucking Wake Forest. And- <laughs> Man, dude. No, well, no fuck these- Devin is the best Devin I've ever seen. Like, this is I, the greatest thing I've ever seen. I, I just feel like running tonight because like, I just don't understand what the, what the hell does the AP 25, top 25 poll do every week? It's just like. Now they're actually, like, here's the thing. They're they're 7-0, and I think. Or, are they 7-0? and Yeah, I think they're 7-0. and Like, they're good. They're a fucking good team. They should probably be ranked even higher. I know <laughs> they haven't faced anyone, but, like. Anyways, before we get on another tangent, one question. For the third straight week, I'm going to ask you this, Devin. Can the gopher passing game get fucking going again? 
Because, like, you have Tyler, Tyler Johnson on your fantasy team, and I have Rashad Bateman on my fantasy team. And remember that one week where both of them actually had good games? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen shit from, from the passing game since. Because, well, their run, ga- their run game is fantastic. Tanner Morgan is, <clears throat> well, he's been doing nothing. He can't seem to get open receivers. Like, get them the fucking ball. I actually sat there while watching, you know, while reading score updates for their game against Rutgers, and I tweeted out, like, does Tanner Morgan forget that Rashad Bateman's on this team? And then he got a 20-yard touchdown. But it's like, dude, like, get them the fucking ball. I don't, I don't get it. So do you, is this the week where they get it going? Because, like, Maryland can't stop anything. Like, Maryland's defense sucks. But then again, so does Rutgers. So. Yeah, I think we'll see uh, a little bit more concerted effort to get the passing game going. And I think mainly because Minnesota has to be able to pass the ball to win in this conference against better teams. Uh, teams are going to take away the running game. When they, when they have to face against Penn State and Wisconsin, uh, later in the season, they're going to take away that. So you're going to have to really bring something else to the table. Uh, they have the skills. They have the players to be able to do it. Uh, there's no buy in this conference, in my opinion. Uh, and I don't even think Jeff Okuda can um, to re- can really lock down Tyler Johnson, if we're being oh, honest no. here. Um, he's unstoppable. And uh, you just have to be able to get the, your playmakers the ball consistently and I don't think – I don't know if he's having kind of that the sophomore slump, so to speak, uh, where he's kind of in a, in a rut, kind of struggled last few games. I expect him to get back on track in this game. Uh, I think P.J. Fleck knows they have to get the passing going, game going, knowing uh, some opponents coming up in the next month or so are going to be a lot tougher than that first half of the schedule. Um, so I, I expect them to get it going. Same, same. Now, <clears throat> one thing I'm looking at is – uh, Devin, you you know I've been a big proponent of Rodney Smith these last few weeks. I mean, he has just he's balled out. He's got like three hundred fifty yards or four hundred yards, whatever, whatever in his last two games. Like th- this dude has just been an animal. I am at a very interesting crossroads with my fantasy team because I have Justin Taylor, Reggie Corbin, Stevie Scott, and Rodney Smith, and only three spots to fit those guys in. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And, like, they all have good matchups. My point is is that uh, Maryland can't stop anything. Rodney Smith is going to run through them. I am picking this one. I think Minnesota's going to win big. They've been getting into the habit of winning games big, which is good because they needed to get into the habit of winning things big. I think that Minnesota takes this one 35-14. Uh, for some reason, I have a feeling that uh, they are going to struggle this week. Uh, and th- for no really ill-advised reason, but I don't know, man. Uh, it's hard for a young team to win consistently against teams they are much better than. And I think they struggle to put Maryland away for some reason. I don't, I don't really know why, but I feel like they're going to struggle to put Maryland away. I, I still picking the Minnesota to win the game, though. Uh, I got Minnesota winning like uh, 31-24. All right, second last game we're going to preview. 
It is the battle of the potentially injured quarterbacks. Michael Penix is a game-time decision. Looks like Adrian Martinez is the same way for Nebraska. If these two quarterbacks aren't playing, I'm probably not watching. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Um, when it comes down to it, I think that Indiana has more playmakers because Nick Westbrook with Peyton Ramsey under center you know, uh, can be a, a game-changer. If Penix plays... Then you have Watt Fillier, who's going to be a game changer. You have Stevie Scott out of the backfield. Indiana can make enough plays on defense. I'm picking Indiana in this one, 24-20. And that is regardless of which quarterbacks play. I think that this is 24-20 regardless. It's just whether or not I watch this fucking game. i also like to point out that this schedule is extremely unfair. They have three noon games. <laughs> no, they have four noon games. They got three three thirty games, and then they have the the nightcap. We'll talk about next. Good lord, this this a lot to try to joke at one time. I mean, uh, th- th- these are going to be games that I probably uh, uh, I'm wa- I'm working early on Sunday morning. I'm like six a.m. to to noon on on Sunday morning. So I'm going to go home, and because I I mean the NFL is it, it, the NFL. I'm probably just going to be watching condensed versions of these games so that I can get my power rankings articles out. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm really, the new the games, I'm really only going <laughs> to pay attention to Wisconsin, Ohio state and Illinois and Purdue. Uh, Iowa and Northwestern can kick rocks and I'm definitely not watching Rutgers play. At noon. Um, but that's besides the point. And you, you know what? I'm also frustrated with how the big 10 network picks the games to watch. Because last week on BTN, I had Minnesota and Rutgers as an option to watch at 3.30. Sorry, Canadian sports. I don't remember what other game was on at 3.30, but it was a much better option than Rutgers and Minnesota. Uh, But anyway, let me go ahead and uh, pick this game. Uh, Honestly... Like you said, if Penix and uh, and Martinez aren't playing, I'm really not about to watch this game, man. Like I, I don't, I don't want to watch this football game because the quarterback play is not going to be up to par. It's not going to be what we expect from them. And honestly, Adrian Martinez might just need to redshirt this season because he's been awful this season. He has not been the quarterback everybody fell in love with last year. He, he really hasn't. And Nebraska, uh, I, I want to say uh, Wandale Robinson got hurt in the last game they played. Um, Maurice um, Washington was banged up. So their playmakers outside of J.D. Spillman, who else do you have on that offense to make they, they plays? Have no, they have nothing. So, I mean, Indiana has to win based on the fact that Nebraska's offense has been inept for most of the season. I mean, I got, it, if Penix plays, I got um, – Indiana, 38-7. Oh, shit. Uh, but if Ramsey plays, I got it 27-13. Uh, All right. And, we, Devin, we have finally made it to the last game of the preview. We finally did it, buddy. Notre Dame at Michigan. Michigan getting their third straight ABC primetime game. What the fuck? Why can I not escape 
this team. <laughs> they are always on in my region. Why does this need to be the ABC game? Put this on NBC. No one watches the NBC Notre Dame games anyways. It Michigan should not be in their third straight game with Kirk Herbstreet on the call. All right? That should not be a thing that I should have to subject myself to. Why does this team keep getting primetime games? Also, quick question, why are Notre Dame and Michigan the exact same team? They're both prestigious teams that are ranked way too high, that aren't interesting to watch in any way, they can't move the ball, but they have pretty good defenses. I just want to see if Julian Aquara, the edge rusher from Notre Dame, plays well against a really good Michigan offensive line, and I really don't care about anything else involved in this game. I've never really cared for the Michigan and Notre Dame rivalry. I still don't care. I really don't like watching Notre Dame football. Uh, I have friends that are Notre Dame fans. I'm sorry you have to hear this. I do not enjoy watching Notre Dame play. Uh, I never really have. Not sold on Ian Book. In my opinion, he, he's just a, a, a slightly better version of Shea Patterson, if we're being honest. Um, and honestly, if you think about it, uh, Notre Dame really hasn't had a, a great quarterback in, in a long time. I mean, fucking Jimmy Clausen. You, you ser- are you serious? Jimmy Clausen. Even a good quarterback since probably Brady Quinn. And we saw how he panned out in the NFL. Yeah, I- Ian Book and Shea. Uh, you know, I can't remember who it was that tweeted this out. I really can't. It was either Rob Paul or Carter Donick, two, two of my guys. And it was basically the, the graphic that they used to promote this game had Ian Book, the quarterback from Notre Dame, and Shea Patterson. And the joke was that they could truly pass off as like a freaky Friday where like they swap bodies, but nothing interesting happens. Man, ah, I, can't, I can't believe they just... Ah, the, their fascination with like Notre Dame and... Michigan just drives me nuts. Like, I get their historic programs, but neither of them are making the college football playoff. Let's be honest here. Oh, Michigan may not be ranked by next week. Like, Let, Let's be honest here. I see a lot of people trying to make cases for Notre Dame. Georgia just lost to South Carolina. Your chance of making the playoffs went out the window when Georgia lost to South Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's be let's be honest here. Georgia screwed you. <laughs> they They screwed you. Um, and, and your performance the last time you were in the playoffs screwed you as well because you show you really don't belong. I mean, just join a goddamn conference already. Stop with this independent. We can schedule 17 Pac-12 teams, play occasion play Michigan and Michigan State and get away with it and play USC and call it a day. Let, come on, join a conference. Your basketball team is in a conference. They're in the ACC. Just join the ACC or join the Big Ten. Join one of them. Stop with this. Stop with this. Just scheduling anybody you want to. Because when you play Ball State every single year, or you, <laughs> or you play freaking whoever, Kent State, or whoever they play in their non-conference schedule, nobody's impressed with those wins. Nobody's impressed with you being Stanford. Especially not this year. Nobody's impressed with that. Come on, man. Let, let's let's get serious here, Notre Dame. Can 
Can you join the conference already so you can be a part of something? Stop. And I think that they, and they realize, I don't, I don't think they realize why people don't like Notre Dame so much. You literally are not in a conference. Like, people are going to be upset because the playoff committee say they value conference champions. Who are they the conference champions of? <laughs> Oh man, I, and I don't even get me started on Michigan, man. No, 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 no. If we if we talk more about Michigan, we're gonna be here all all, all damn night into tomorrow. Let's pick this fucking game. <sighs> can I root? Can I can I root for a tie? Because I don't really want either of these teams winning. I, I really don't care for this game. <laughs> it, I honestly, I just want Michigan to win so Notre Dame playoff talk just ends because they. They are so unimpressive. Like uh, I, I, I get, I, I love Julian Aquara. I, I think he's he's going to be a really good NFL player. Uh, but other than that, I I just really don't care for this game uh, to really to watch this game and watch Michigan in prime time again. We just have to watch another Michigan performance under the lights. With with the entire nation watching, oh, and I've seen man. this movie before, man. Like, it's like watching Dude Where's My Car four straight weeks. Like, only it's Dude. What the fuck, am, uh, Dude? Where the fuck's the offense? Like, I'm I'm picking this one, Michigan twenty one twen, so that it's close. And I'm selfishly picking this so that you know Michigan's not unranked, and we actually have a ranked team to talk about on next week's podcast. And that is it. Yeah, I got. I'm picking Michigan to win this, twenty-four to twenty. I don't know uh, why. I don't really know why I'm picking them to win because <laughs> it could very well be a blowout. But here we are. So again. Devin and I really want Michigan to win for one reason. Because when you look at the Big Ten slate for Week 10, if Michigan's ranked, we are not having a podcast where we actually preview games. We have, we have a different plan. Now, if Michigan wins and they remain ranked, we'll still preview games and still do the fun shit anyways. But if Michigan loses and they are not ranked, we are not previewing Week 10's games. Because Week 10's games might be the worst slate of conference games I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm really not looking forward to it. No, 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 no. If Michigan loses, that is going to be dreadful. Anyways, I, I've tweeted out, Devin, during the recording of this, that we are going to be doing very limited editing so that the people can experience the full greatness of this episode that had me laughing, it had me crying, I fell off my couch laughing at one point, it completely broke the censor, because, you know, both you and I had to have hit, you know, several dozen cuss words apiece, and we keep it very tame. This is a family podcast, after all. We are going to keep as much of it in we don't. I don't care how long this podcast goes. If the whole nine guys can go for almost two hours, then we can go for an hour and a half. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I definitely, while I was uh, tape grinding last night uh, and putting out, like, the, you know, the players uh, that had, you know, good performances and caught my eye, and you know, over the weekend, I had the podcast playing, and 
literally. I mean, they go on so many different tangents, and we think we're bad on tangents. My God. So, you know what? The people get to listen to our amazing tangents. So, until next week, guys, I am Mike Spencer. He is Devin Jackson. Please, football gods, make this week not suck. We'll see you again next week.